Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Cree and Scroll of all ages, welcome to the MCU Beyond Infinity podcast, a show where fellow like-minded Marvelites have assembled to discuss, review, theorize, and wax intellectual over any and all things related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is John, and I am joined by my faithful co-host, partner in crime, and overall badass human being, Travis, for the second installment of the Merry Marvel Roundup. As you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe continues to grow bigger and bigger with very little signs of slowing down or stopping until we run out of money. But before there was the MCU, before Kevin Feige, John Favreau, and the team decided to change the cinematic landscape of franchise filmmaking in 2008 with the first Iron Man film, movies based off Marvel comic properties still very much existed in various ways, shapes, or forms. And even now, as it stands in the year of our Lord 2021, there are Marvel adaptations being made outside of the Disney Marvel Studios umbrella. And we thought it would be a fun idea to break down our top five favorite non-MCU-related Marvel films, stories that exist outside of the context of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we have known to grow and love, where web-slinging heroes go on unexpected power trips and decide to bust out into random jazz numbers on the side of the street for some reason. Films where a merry mutant known for being the quote-unquote merc with a mouth is shown literally with his mouth own shut without the ability to quip a snotty one-liner, let alone chow down on a chimichanga. Films where critically acclaimed actors play out internal monologues with chocolate-obsessed alien beings possessing their bodies and end up consuming live lobsters in public restaurants for reasons unknown. Sometimes you even get to see a perverted space duck bag the ever-lovely Leah Thompson in her prime. For better or worse, these films have existed outside of Marvel Studios' mega franchise. And every once in a while, while we have a true blue superheroic classic on our hands. So uh, now before jumping into our list, please remember to rate and review and subscribe. If you're enjoying our content, maybe even tell a friend or two. That would help a lot and help grow our Merry Marvel community over at the MCU Beyond Infinity Facebook page, um, which you will find in the link below. So. Travis, Marvel films before there was a Marvel Studios. It was a time that I remember, um, my God, like almost like it was quaint, which is fucked up to say, right? (laughs) Like, remember when blockbuster filmmaking felt quaint? (laughs) And like everything wasn't part of a major franchise and setting up 20 other movies, you know what I mean? All that and then only getting one every couple of years, it was... A much different time. It was. It was. And and for better or for worse, Marvel has changed franchise filmmaking, you know, and every film is setting up 10 more films. And, and like we said before, even sometimes now because of uh, really weird IP rights that I have to explain to friends and family why <laughs> Venom can't fight Spider-Man. Um, you know, we still get these these films existing outside of the franchise. Um And yes, it makes things difficult, but yes, it is getting a little bit easier uh, now that Fox and Disney have merged into uh, one big happy um, conglomerate (laughs) monopoly, (laughs) whatever you call it. I'm really happy about it just for the Marvel stuff. The rest of it, eh, not so great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Controlling the world and all of media, not a great thing, but 
we it's the mouse's house. We're just living in it. So um, <laughs> with that being said, what is your number one non-MCU related Marvel film? Okay. Uh, it's Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, <laughs> I assume this is going to be your number one. but That was my number one. That was yeah, my number yeah. one. But I'm happy it, at least we get to talk about it. So. Oh, absolutely. This... Uh, I don't have the most faith in uh, Sony's uh, movie making, uh, <laughs> but this one kind of knocked you out of the park. Uh, they made Miles um, a more interesting character than he was in the comics to me. Uh, added some interesting elements to separate him from just being uh, a Peter Parker esque character. Uh, uh, so many it's villains. Hard. So <laughs> many villains. And it's hard to not only talk about this film on the merits of the storytelling and it being an adaptation and it being a good superhero film, but just talking about it as far as being like almost like a groundbreaking achievement in animation. The style is so amazing. I, I recently found out that they use different frame rates within the same frame. So like the main characters will be moving at a standard animated 24 frames per second, which is what we normally, you know, view film in. Mm-hmm. But the backgrounds, especially in that last scene where like the thing is shifting and everything like that, that stuff is going at varying frame rates. So they'll have one panel of animation going at like 64 frames, one going at 48. And it just gives it this like unique, almost three-dimensional look. Um, mixing computer animation with hand-drawn animation. It's just an incredible achievement in animated filmmaking on top of being an amazing story, on top of being something really special. Um, I don't want to say in the way that Black Panther was, but it's not every day that you see a black Spider-Man. And um, if you don't think that's important, you could just tune out now and suck it. <laughs> Making you into a, like a household name as well. Like, I mean, he was already on the rise with the comics and everything, but uh, that really... Movies kind of solidify these things with uh, comic characters. Uh, and, and we can say about the technology, though. Uh, it, it surprised me that they that somebody decided to allow other people to use that uh, animation technique in the future. I guess whatever technology it was they used to, they developed for this particular film. Uh, I kind of expected to be more greedy about it. <laughs> Yeah, me too. It's 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 being shared and it's becoming like a universal norm, which is an amazing thing because again, it looked absolutely stunning. Excuse me. The costumes also spot on. The voice acting also oh, yeah. spot on. Um, huge Nicholas stars. Cage. Nicholas uh, Cage. Noir uh, Spider Man and <laughs> him getting to do a Marvel project again. It's nice. I know uh, our, our friend David Zabala is uh, a big fan of the Cage. So, yeah, shout uh, out to David. He is the man. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Nicholas Cage. You are the man. <laughs> and if you feel like coming on the show, please let us know. We would love to talk to you about Mandy and Spider Verse. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different films. <laughs> quite, quite. Uh, oh, damn. That was my number one pick, man. Uh, yeah. Oh, what I said earlier, though, about so many villains. I just loved it. They threw them all in there. Didn't bother explaining each and every one. It's just, they're there, and that's, uh, yeah. Uh, it's how I, I want to see rogue galleries handled a lot of the times. Especially a character like Spider-Man where the rogue gallery is just so strong. 
just don't take the time to make every film not only a superhero origin, but also a villain origin. They had a lot of shoes to fill by making it literally like five different Spider-Man's origin films. So like, give us all the villains, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also just, I, I, even in live action, I would love uh, for them just to start with an action beat with a villain that we know from the comics fairly well, but uh, they don't bother explaining how he got his powers or anything. He just has them. Like, uh, I was imagining like a Spider-Man opening up with him fighting Stilt Man or something ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shout yeah. out to those Prowler sequences, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's such an interesting character. And the way he's been kind of adapted up in different ways in the comics and in the movies and in the uh, recent Miles Morales game, which also had kind of a, a different take on it. Uh, all really like heart pounding thriller, borderline horror stuff. The way it showed him crawling towards the, you know, the running sequences of the Prowler, the, the Prowler <laughs> theme, that music. It was amazing. I, 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 it's my favorite, one of my favorite, um, not only like non MCU Marvel movies, it's one of my favorite Marvel movies in general, one of my favorite animated films in general, and one of my favorite films in general of the past uh, decade or. Uh, you know, yeah. post year 2000. So uh, you're absolutely spot on with that. Yeah, I mean, I had trouble like deciding if I like it more than the MCU Spider-Man movies. They're just, uh, I enjoy the live action nature of the others, but this is just so good. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, so good. It's just mm-hmm. so good. Oh man, so you jacked my number one. And I'm going to be a nice guy and not jack something that I think is on your <laughs> list. But I will say... um X-Men Days of Future Past will be my number one. Um, I am happy to see the X-Men coming into the Disney Marvel Studios fold with the recent uh, Mouse House acquisition of Fox and all of its Marvel characters. But X-Men Future... uh, X-Men Days of Future Past is the X-Men movie that me as an X-Men fan um, has always wanted. It had everyone. It was a big convoluted time travel story, which is very much an <laughs> X-Men thing. Yes, I yes. always wanted to see the X-Men fighting as a team. You know, I guess it was harder with the earlier Singer films to do because of, you know, the uh, limitations that they had with technology and the visual language of um, cinematic superheroes not really have being, you know, as well evolved and defined as it is by the time Days of Futures Past come out. Uh, you know, that movie gets a lot of, um, a lot of people are always talking about the stuff in the past, but that first sequence with the future Sentinels going after them and Blink making the portals and Bobby Drake sliding through them. And, oh, yeah, you're stealing all my points. You took uh, Spider-Verse, so yeah, I brought yeah, up Blink yeah. first. Uh, I know yeah, Blink I, yes, yeah, I, I love Blink. Uh, and <laughs> her being so comic accurate looking, Warpath too. Like just, he yeah. looks like X-Force uh, Warpath pretty much and badass. They don't they don't, don't do a ton with these characters, but just getting to see them in action and working as a team, which you mentioned, and it's something we really don't see a ton of in the X-Men films. Uh, not in the same way that we see it in the Avengers and stuff like that. That's become the norm. No, uh, not at all. And 
also, we get to see Michael Fassbender with a purple cape and a purple helmet floating above the President of the United States, lifting a stadium in the sky with giant purple mutant-hating robots wrecking shit. It is the best. Like, that is the best. That's all I ever wanted from an X-Men movie, and that movie did it, and they didn't care how silly it looked, and they didn't care... Like that it was just, you know, it was like no holds bars, like just just go for it. Where the original X-Men films, which I'm we might bring up later, who knows? Because I, you know, I do have some on my list, but this is the one that just didn't care how goofy it looked. We got a purple fucking magneto costume, we got a blue beast. Um I, it's got great actors. Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Fassbender, um, the the fucking dude who plays Beast, Patrick Stewart. Ian McKellen, and again, part of the fun <laughs> and difficulty of being an X-Men fan is explaining convoluted time travel stuff. Oh, yeah. And uh, I kind of wonder, like, what time travel, since we are kind of an MCU podcast, like, since time travel it has been shown to work differently in MCU than typical for uh, X-Men stories, I'm curious to see how they'll adapt that in the future. Uh, but anyway... Uh, anyway, time, time will tell. No, time will tell. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited. And yes, I am excited that the Merry Mutants have joined the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Days of Futures Past is, is an X-Men film that made an X-Men fan really, really happy. And that's about it. So what is your number two non-MCU related Marvel film? Uh, it's another X film, uh, Deadpool. Uh, the first oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, uh, Deadpool was one of those characters that I really did kind of get in on the ground floor almost. Not New Mutants 98, but The Circle Chase, uh, in his first mini series. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And just, uh, I don't fully love the way the comic version has evolved, uh, but this movie was, uh, something that was teased for a long time and then just, uh, got. A half okay version in X Men Origins before, uh, yeah. Half okay. <laughs> yeah, like Ryan Reynolds is okay, yeah, but like, he's not like fucked up looking or any of that, and he's not wearing the costume, so it's just okay. And he doesn't have a mouth. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the second half. That's when it kind of goes complete shit. And <laughs> and I mean, other than Scott Atkins playing him with like a, a prosthetic head, uh, but yeah. Yeah, that, that 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 is very much a comic book movie made by a comic book fan to appease comic book fans, too, which mm-hmm. you don't always get. And also, one of the small things that I like about the first Deadpool movie and the second one, for that matter, is uh, Negasonic's X uniform. Uh, I want to say it's the first time they gave us like a proper X uniform and it looked fucking fantastic uh, in both films. Uh, they also kind of improved the Negasonic character from the... Uh, it's really just a completely different character entirely. But yeah, I love that character though. I'm a huge fan of Grant Morrison's All New X Men. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, All New X Men. So I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm so into Negasonic Teenage Warhead. I think it's so funny that they introduced her. Not so much a fan of Gina Carano. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but let bygones be bygones. I guess she's oh, yeah. okay in that movie. And um, I, 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 
I like how it's just the day in the life story also. Just really briefly, like, it's just the day in the life of Deadpool. It's not a universe-shattering thing. It's a very simple, especially the first one, right? Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I was mentioning the classes. I like this take, the much bulkier, uh, fully CGI. Uh, Every way mm-hmm. we've seen that films previously, where he's kind of like a, a bodybuilder with uh, metal. <laughs> yep. My uh, second favorite X-Man of all time, by the way, Colossus. Oh, really? Is, yeah, absolutely. Other than Magneto, Colossus is is my dude. So um, I kind of fell in love with both Yes, it's because I'm a, I'm a rabid communist. Yes, no, I uh, I I loved uh, one of the first uh, stories that I vividly remember. Be, at the time, I was so into the X Men was picking up uh, Executioner Song, uh, which is where uh, magic passes away, and um, mm-hmm. you know Colossus has his doubts, and Magneto just comes back from the dead, and they don't explain it, and he shows up at fucking magic's. Uh, the best time to show up to recruit people during a funeral. And he's like, Hey guys, I'm here. Who wants to go to my moon base and hang out for a little bit. And this is where we got to see Magneto pull the uh, animantium out of Wolverine. Um, and it had the, um, the legacy virus, which was like mutant aids. And, um, I, I just adore Colossus and I was, okay. what a fun character to include. Cause that's an X-Men heavy hitter, like it or not. Cause the, you know, mm-hmm. the movies didn't really do him the justice, as you mentioned before the singer movies, but he's, he's an X-Men heavy hitter. He is a giant size X-Men number one. OG, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard the creators talk about how he was so prominent on those early issues of, uh, uh, Claremont's X-Men because that's who they were kind of pushing to be the main. And it just kind of, evolved from there uh him and uh, nightcrawler i believe yes yes uh uh but yeah one thing that i enjoy about colossus is that he's uh, kind of the closest thing to an atheist in the comic system can get uh, mm. like uh it doesn't really it's almost like a nonsensical idea in comics because there are all these cosmic beings that people know about to be a non-believer but uh, <laughs> But yeah, I definitely remember several panels where he talked about being happy that he was raised in a uh, kind of an atheist or non-religious uh, country. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Just variety. On the, uh, yeah. <laughs> On the topic of uh, R-rated um, superhero movies, and while we are uh, X-Men splaining, as I like to say, um, some of our uh, some of our picks, I- I'll choose Logan as my uh, as my number two. Yeah, that was on my list in my top five as well. So yeah, uh, again, um, handled kind of perfectly tonally, um, mm-hmm. a career-spanning role defined by an actor, giving him the opportunity to have a swan song, and doing it with a level of seriousness and sophistication that we're not really used to with superhero movies was an interesting take that could have really, really not worked. That ended up actually being one of the highlights. Wasn't it nominated for an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay? Oh, I don't recall. Uh, I I don't follow the awards shows, uh, despite being uh, 
movie about. Uh, yeah, I think it was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. And, you know, we got to see, like, Chris Claremont's name or whatever, like, at the Academy Awards, which is just a fucking, or Len Wein, rather. It's a it's a nice thing. And, you know, I wasn't really a fan of the Old Man Logan arc when it had come out, but I loved yeah, the I idea of it. Uh, yeah, I just didn't like that era of Mark Millar uh, very much. I also um, didn't like, like, Old Man Logan becoming... Uh, character in the main 616 universe for a bit uh yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah but but jackman's the best it it is a role a character defined by an actor that's a legacy that's hard to look away from the way christopher reeves defines superman mm -hmm. um i can't really think of another actor who had done that to a character other than maybe the james bonds right Possibly, yeah. I, I guess maybe Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, and <laughs> Captain America, like those two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's rare. I uh, uh, the only downside to Jackman is that he's like eight feet tall compared to yes, yes. <laughs> and he never wore the fucking mask. Though Logan is the one movie that I wouldn't have wanted the mask. No, but Logan, we did get to see a character whose powers are growing claws and slicing people in half. Actually, grow claws and slice people in half, which was it's fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, uh, it's one of those things where uh, I I put Deadpool above Logan, but it's just like minor uh, uh, issues that rent from being above. Like, uh, I, I don't like that the kid mutants at the end are murdering people. Uh, oh, I uh, loved it. Oh, did you? Yeah, see, I, I, I wanted it. just uh, <laughs> Logan in X-23 to be murdering. Uh, I do like that they don't hold back on, like, impaling uh, X-23. Uh, no, and spiking people in the head with foot claws. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's brutal, brutal. I uh, was in the theater with two other good friends of mine, all of um, sound um, mind and body in our uh, 30s and the moment X-23 took the cross that they buried him in and turned it over so it was an X we all busted out into tears and I am not ashamed to say that um, that is why Logan gets my number two spot on the list of uh, top um, non-MCU related Marvel films so on to three we're halfway through what do you have Travis okay uh Blade 2. Uh, oh! Yeah, I'm a fan of Guillermo del Toro a good deal, and uh, it's my favorite of the Blade films. Uh, I, I dug the blood pack for the time, uh, that old uh, team that doesn't last long or do much in the movie besides look <laughs> cool. Uh, I love Ron Perlman, too. Uh, has the most free time out of those. Uh I agree. Let's just use this as an opportunity to talk about the Blade franchise because I had the first Blade on my list. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pick it because you're talking about Blade 2 right now. We are horror movie guys. It is how Travis and Kiara and I all met. We met in horror movie boards and Blade is kind of the best of both worlds and, and almost the best of all worlds between being an action movie of like legitimate fucking action legitimately scary and violent at times and very much being a comic book superhero movie and almost reinventing the superhero movie at a time where we were getting bat nipples and bat butts and all sorts of nonsense all of a sudden blade comes out and and schools us on what we thought was feasible before there were singers x-men and raimi spider-man yes yes it was kind of the first 
really good Marvel superhero film. Like uh, DC had the Burton Batman films and the Christopher Reeve Superman. Uh, so, uh, but for Marvel, I, I feel like this was the first really good series. Uh, At a time where Marvel really needed it too. You know, mm -hmm. that was a time where they had lost their intellectual property rights. Uh, to a lot of their characters, their comic books weren't doing well. They were at the brink of bankruptcy. The Mouse House hadn't bought them out yet. And Marvel really needed a hit, and they got a hit. And I think Wesley Snipes is due for a Keanu Reeves-style renaissance, in my opinion, right? I have mixed feelings. I think he kind of defined Blade for pretty much everyone uh, that saw those movies. Uh, that's not a character anyone gave a shit about for the most part in the comics. Uh but like hearing the horror stories of uh, Blade Trinity and like, uh, granted I wasn't there, so who can say how much of that's true? But I I do know that there's that scene where they had to CGI his eyes open. <laughs> that point, yeah, because they just that. refused to open them for the scene, and it's literally all that was required. Uh, I heard he was on set getting so high that he like could uh, barely fucking move at times too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hilarious, but I I have to imagine it was a nightmare. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I I'm, I'm hoping he's just like a cameo in uh, the MCU Blade movie. Just which is something I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Mahershala Ali is the best. He is one of our better actors working right now. And, you know, Marvel Studios obviously knows what they're doing and they cast a heavy hitter. Uh, Blade, like you said, is a character no one really gives a fuck about or gave a fuck about before Wesley Snipes came around. And I'm really looking forward to the future of the Blade franchise in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially with the Darkhold and everything being introduced in WandaVision. Um, but God, did I love that first Blade movie. And I, I used to freak out with my buddies watching that when I was in like junior high. I adored it. Kind of on the topic of Marvel needed a hit and got one, but no one really knew what to do with it. My number three is Ang Lee's Hulk. Oh, really? Um, yeah. A movie that I really like that I hear kind of not get praised and I don't really get it because I think it's so visually inventive visually in the aesthetic of the comic books I've never really seen anything like it I hadn't really seen anything like it at the time I still haven't seen anything like it and I adore Ang Lee for his tenacity and his sheer, I don't give a fuck. I am going to change my genre with every single movie. The guy made Sense and Sensibility, Brokeback Mountain, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Life of Pi, and a Marvel comic book movie that looked like a comic book. It also has Nick Nolte screaming like a madman. It has Hulk monster dogs. It is really weird. Um, Jennifer Conley is a smoke show. I adore that movie i guess i can see why people wouldn't like it but at the same time i don't understand how people wouldn't respect it in some way does that make sense sure sure i think <laughs> i uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've not seen that one in so long that i'm not really qualified to comment on it i remember like the the panel layout to like uh the scenes and stuff like that which were comic uh comic booky which uh I always enjoy it, but yeah, I haven't seen it in so long. I, I also kind of think that the Hulk, for me, is a character that works better as support. Uh, like, 
some of the Hulk stories don't uh, grab my interest as much. Uh, Are you reading Indestructible? I mean, um, Immortal? Immortal Hulk right now, yes. Uh, I've read the first couple of issues, but I'm uh, just finding the time. Uh, it's a wonderful book, and they're treating it it's almost like a horror book. Um, the real villain is capitalism. It is very strange. <laughs> it is very strange. Um, yeah, I just adore Ang Lee's Hulk, and, and I think it deserves a spot on the mm-hmm. underappreciated uh, non-MCU Marvel films that I really like. It's one of my personal favorites. So that was a personal one on mm-hmm. the list there. Um, we're halfway through. Uh, what's your number four? We're getting to the final countdown. No, oh, yeah. Okay, this is one that uh, you uh, hinted at earlier. It's arguably a guilty pleasure, but uh, there's no shame in it for me. Uh, Punisher Warzone. Uh, yes. I, it's my favorite of the uh, live-action Punisher films. I like it more than the uh, Punisher Netflix series. I, I don't like it more than uh, the season two uh, Punisher stuff, though. That's the one thing that uh, is better. <laughs> or the Dolph Lundgren and Punisher stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I, I do actually have uh, the Dolph Lundgren and Punisher movie on my list as well, but it's further down. <laughs> and now it's not going to get mentioned. Oh, there's in here. Oh, I'm sorry. I ruined it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it is way down. It's like my number 10. Uh, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Punisher as a character. I think he's really <laughs> kind of a douche. Um, like like a human douche, but I uh, I I love Warzone for just the audacity of it. I think it's funny it was directed by a woman, correct? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. It's so campy. I I enjoy that aspect of it, like the the parkouring rocket guy that uh, <laughs> gets exploded with a rocket launcher. It's just completely preposterous and uh, great jigsaw as well. Like, I. I uh, and at least visually, I enjoyed that a lot more than what the Netflix show did with that character. Yeah, uh, the self-seriousness of the Netflix show was kind of dour and a bit too much for me. Well, like with the Jigsaw character in, uh, in the two, uh, the Netflix one, I was unimpressed with the amount of scar tissue. <laughs> <laughs> Jigsaw, I had more scar tissue than that. And just like wearing the, the mask, you know, it's just it's too whiny. Uh uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with oh, you. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, just the level of brutality in the film is just what I want from the Punisher. It's uh, from Jigsaw's origin to the opening action beat that's completely ridiculous. And I guy gets his eye put out with a fucking chair leg. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is bombastic and audacious and bonkers. Bonkers, bonkers, bonkers. And just on the topic of guilty pleasures, I'm going to go with a guilty pleasure for my number four. And I'm going to say Venom. I'm going to say Venom, a movie that I think is incredible. I brought a duffel bag of Academy Awards and projectile uh, through them at the screen the entire time. I was so impressed with Tom Hardy's performance. It was a take that I would have never expected for a Venom film. I am not the biggest fan of the Venom character. I think he's a cooler action figure and drawing than he is an actual character. So to have a buddy cop movie set within 
a critical darling like Tom Hardy's body where he's bickering with himself and it's the I mean the trailer for the second one came out and it looks like Little Shop of Horrors meets Spider-Man I don't get where it came from but I'm so happy it exists it is just so weird and I I it, it, it baffles my mind that it exists. I think Venom is a very funny take on a very silly character that people take too seriously, and I just fucking adored it. It's so weird. It's so weird. I was not as much of a fan. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no comment. No, uh, no, no. I, I typically like Tom Hardy. I didn't like his acting in this movie, but... Uh, have you ever seen the drop with him and uh, Numi Rapace? I have, with the dog, with the weird twist at the end, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, his acting in Venom reminds me of his uh, character in that. The, uh, the, this is very, a very odd take. I don't know if he's, like, struggling with an American accent, but he sounds... <laughs> A little learning impaired, maybe. I don't want to sound awful. Like, no, like, no, no. It's it. what I call uh, puttering yeah. and murmuring, where he just walks around going, mur, 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 pop, 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 and he's just like walking around, like muttering to himself the entire time. With like, there's a part where like the Asian grocer goes, like, "How you doing, Eddie?" And he's just like, "Oh, you know, aches and pains, aches and pains." And like, I'm just like, "What is this fucking movie? It's a monster craving chocolate." Tom Hardy jumps in a lobster tank to cool off at one point because he's so hot and then he just eats a live lobster mm -hmm. like oh yeah can that be overly negative on my end i will say that venom himself looks pretty good like the, the cgi and the design just so bulky and the only thing he's missing is like the logo on his chest but yep like uh, a turd in the wind as venom <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, nothing more to really say about Venom. It is very much a guilty pleasure for me that I like non-sarcastically. And I will 100% say with sincerity that I adore that movie non-sarcastically. I think it is very funny. Um, and we have reached the uh, the final countdown, the number five of our individual top fives, top non-MCU-related Marvel films. Travis, what do you got? Oh, God. I've got two in mind i just don't know which really to go with uh well we'll have some honorable mentions so yeah, go with your heart yeah. go with your gut i'm gonna go with x-men apocalypse it is a guilty yes. pleasure uh it is so dumb i uh i i love this opening though like the stuff in egypt with the horsemen that look cooler than every other character in the movie and ivan ooze <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and just it's the scene where he's uh, learning from the TV, that scene kills me every time. It reminds me of Short Circuit. The, uh, yeah, inputs. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cheesy and uh, awful, but I, I just, I get such a kick out of it. And there's so many, like, poor decisions. Like, I like Magneto, but of all the characters that needed character development in this film he isn't it like but he gets it more than anyone <laughs> and a scene that it's like academy award worthy where he's in the woods with his family and they shoot his daughter like michael fassbender is in a different fucking movie it's crazy he is in a completely different movie at that point in time 
it's so hard to have a good bad guy when you have one of the world's best actors playing Magneto, like mm-hmm. arguably the strongest character in Marvel's arsenal of strong characters. And yes, he is in like a completely different movie. I would love to see Werner Herzog or somebody direct or you know what I mean? Or Fassbinder or something direct mm-hmm. like this European German art film about Magneto's adventures in this little uh, Bavarian country with his family as a, as a smelter or a blacksmith or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. he was doing in that movie. We also get Mohawk storm. In this yes. Movie. Yes. That's in my notes as well uh, to talk about. Uh, I can't say that the Mohawk looks great. Like the, I think it's like a wig or something, but obviously, but uh, I like the actress. Uh, she didn't really get to do much here, but uh, I, I do like, Mohawk Storm and uh, also uh, Psylocke. Uh, uh, yeah, a kind of super silly, comic accurate costume for her, which I've never expected to see in live action because it's uh, 2019 or whatever this movie came out, and that's not really reasonable <laughs> by modern standards. Uh, well, you could put it. Um... Uh, Olivia Munn in that outfit any day of the week and I think the vast majority of heterosexual men in the world will be very happy to see it you know yes um, yes uh, do you recall the inappropriate uh, behind the scenes photos that leaked of her in that outfit at Auschwitz <laughs> no no oh it was so funny at the time Jesus. because they shot yeah, it was so funny because they shot the sequence where, you know, uh, Apocalypse is getting his horsemen and he brings them all to, you know, he's trying to recruit Magneto after his family dies and he brings them all to Auschwitz to be like, bring the pain, blah, blah, blah. And like, I guess some paparazzi were taking pictures and you just saw Olivia Munn in this outfit, like in the middle of actually shooting at that Auschwitz and the world was like, okay, maybe we've gone too far. <laughs> Oh, I'm so happy you said that movie because even the Bad X movies I have such a fondness for. And that's one of the ones that I really do stick up for um, that I can stick up for and have some viable points where I do stick up for Dark Phoenix, but it is arguably a bad movie. And and I can't really defend a lot of my points to people other than, you know, I really like seeing the X-Men run around being X-Men. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but Apocalypse has some moments. You and I have discussed the um, idea of the the softball issue where between, you know, universe, you know, being at risk and the X-Men mm-hmm. on these big, heady, crazy adventures, they all get to hang out at the school and play a game of softball and kick it. Um, where we do have the let's go to the mall scene, it's brief. Yeah, way too brief. But yeah, yeah. If they would have... Put more of that in there and develop use it to care, develop the other characters other than Magneto who wasn't invited to the mall for some reason. <laughs> no, I, I mean, <laughs> would you invite that guy He's anywhere? To, to be the chaperone, I guess it's no. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jubilee as well in there. Uh, yeah, she's been yes, in a few yes. X films, but always like in the background, always a different actress each time and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that that young cast had some potential to the girl who played Sansa Stark, Ty Sheridan, the girl who played Storm. I think that they all had something going for them that they never really explored between Apocalypse and um, and um, Dark Phoenix. But you know, at least they were they were good actors doing their jobs. You know. Yeah, yeah. I just wish they would have given them a bit more to do. And and uh, one of the negatives of this film is that this kind of where I. Turned on Jennifer Lawrence's uh, 
continuing to do these fucking movies if she's so miserable doing them. <laughs> yeah, I know. But she's, I mean, she's a great actress. I'm just happy is, to see her. At least yeah, yeah. Tom, I, uh, you know? yeah, I just, even if they could have just CGI'd her, bro. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> At that point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, there's a weird subplot with Quicksilver and, uh, where Magneto I, being his daddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, which is true from the comics and everything, and it's uh, been retconned to, I think. But regardless, there's a point in the finale when it would have made sense to like resolve that subplot, and they just don't. Uh, it's so weird. Uh, I agree. I agree. I mean, we got a lot left on the board. Like we have, we have Howard the Duck. We have Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. That is another one. No, wait, wait, you said Spirit of Vengeance. I was just that Ghost Rider, the first one was my alternate pick for. Uh, oh wow! Really? Oh yeah, God. yeah. That oh, movie so camp and. Uh, I got to go with a heavy hitter that I know people are going to get mad if we don't talk about. It's a film that I don't know if you're the biggest fan of. That I wasn't when it came out. That I've grown to be, and that is Spider Man Two. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Yeah, yeah. I imagine I'll get some shit for not including that one uh, or any of the Raimi films, really. I uh, I liked them at the time. I don't know if they've held up the best. I'm going to rewatch them in the near future. Just to, uh, yeah, maybe we'll cover them on the show. Who knows? Absolutely. You know? absolutely. But, um, I mean, it, it would be to, to dismiss them when talking about non-MCU-related Marvel films would be uh, a crime against humanity uh, in some people's eyes. So I have to talk about Spider-Man 2. It's my favorite of them. I, I mentioned it before. You said that you liked them at the time. At the time when they had come out, I actually didn't care for them that much. I was in college, and I was kind of cynical at the time. I was more into, like, I was, like, reading Garth fucking Ennis and shit. You know what I mean? I was, like, a little grittier. Knowing um, you now, it's, it's so weird to think of you going through that phase of Oh, it was a tough phase for me. Because <laughs> I'm so like, I just like happy stuff now, like so yet. much. Yeah. Um, and that's a that's a very bright, happy, fun movie with some serious stakes and some great characterizations of not only Peter Parker, but Dr. Octavius and the whole gang. And it's got everything that you would really want from a Spider-Man solo adventure and a villain origin story. It looks beautiful. Sam, La- uh, Sam Raimi's visual language um, is absolutely on display here. And for horror fans, we get to see that scene with the tentacles attacking in the hospital. It's 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 gruesome to a, to an extent for what it can be. And and I I do really adore that film. And it's held up better in my eyes um, than a lot of films of that era, especially the Singer X Men movies, which is crazy because I I adore them. X Two was almost my number one, and then I just you know threw the Audible last second. Um, so, yeah, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man 2, not much to say about it. That hasn't been said. Um, what are some other honorable mentions? I mentioned X2, you know, getting to see God Loves Man Kills, uh, you know, play out one of the first, I believe it might have been the first uh, Marvel original graphic novel, uh, but a classic storyline. I kind of think the idea of switching it from like a religious zealot, having a striker change, um, is almost a detriment because for some reason Stryker became like the big bad guy of the X films at one point. But you know, yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. Brian Cox, dude, he's he, it's so good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you have on your honorable mention list? Well, I, I mentioned it just to say the old Ghost Rider, like the Nicholas Cage one with Eva Mendes. Uh, I just 
That's a movie I watched a bunch of times. I've listened to the commentary track. It's not a good movie. Uh, (laughs) But it's it's, fun. It's fun, yeah. And there's some really enjoyable, uh, terrible acting. Like, there's a scene where Nicholas Cage just stands in the middle of the road and points at the villain, and it's fucking terrible. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I enjoy it. It's it's fun. Uh, I do too. Um, I will say Howard the Duck, the first Marvel movie I ever saw when I was a little kid. I saw the words uh, George Lucas and Marvel Comics on a VHS box set. And I re- remember getting my first erection looking at Leah Thompson. So I, I, it's hard not to put that on my list. Um, I love the Steve Gerber, Howard the Duck run. I, I like Man-Thing and, and all that weirdness. So is it a good movie? No. But does it have a spot in my heart? Yes. So Howard the Duck is an honorable mention for me, along with the Singer X-Men movies, um, even though they were um, directed by a horrible uh, sex offender. Um, Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Innocent before proven guilty. <laughs> uh, oh, man. I, I, one. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned earlier that I uh, was kind of, you know, on the starting floor with Deadpool. I also enjoy Deadpool too. But the humor doesn't work as well in that one, and there's like too many uh, reference Easter eggs, or not Easter eggs, but just reference gags that kind of wear thin and just try to provide this tenuous link to the MCU. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. yeah, and I kind of wonder if it would have been better if they would have kept the original writer. Uh, I, I I don't know Ryan Reynolds, but I, I kind of wonder if. Even though he's great at the, the comedy aspect of the character, I don't know if he uh, has as much interest in like the uh, self-loathing aspect of Deadpool, which I personally enjoy being a pretty self-loathsome person myself. <laughs> yeah, hating myself and everything. <laughs> yeah, yes, the thing that made me like him, no, along with yeah. making uh, jokes. Uh, it's funny, like I am a Fast and the Furious fan and i watched hobbs and shaw actually last night which is directed by the guy who did deadpool and had done john wick and it actually has ryan reynolds in it playing basically deadpool it's really really, yeah it's really weird and and funny but i'm just kind of like is this all this guy can do but it's really funny so i like i still like it but yeah yeah i mean um, ryan reynolds i enjoy but he often plays just himself kind of i mean Lots of people do, though. I mean, it's, it's yes. static work if, if people like you, huh? Yeah, including us on the MCU Beyond mm-hmm. Infinity podcast. <laughs> we play ourselves once a week. You can find us on any of your podcast providers. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let everyone you know who may be interested in the show about the show. We would greatly appreciate it. Shout out to Android's Amazing Comics in Sayville, New York for being my local comic book store and having me on their podcast, Android's Amazing Podcast. Uh, We have a lot more content out there for you. And if you would like to tell us about your favorite non-MCU related Marvel films, please do so in the comments or go to the MCU Beyond Infinity Facebook group, which we will link below. So until next time, I am John. I am Travis. Take care.